welcome. This is Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this hour with me. We talk all about your stories here, whether those are the stories you're putting in your book or your blog or your brand or even in your TED Talks or your brand new podcast or even at the dinner table or in your love letters. Wherever you are putting your stories, I am here to help you get in touch with those stories. And if you would like, have some help drafting them. I work with first, second, and third time authors, as well as a life coach. I offer people an opportunity to take a look at their life story and see where does it need a little upgrade. We're going to talk all about this today. Specifically, I'm focusing on when is it safe to be myself with my story? Hmm. When is it safe to be myself? You might be thinking, never, it's never safe to be myself. Why would I do that? There are other people that think, you know, the absolute opposite. It's always safe and that that's the only thing you want to do. There's actually a certain balance, a certain medium place where I want to help you understand what safety actually feels like and how you can train yourself to follow through on being your authentic self with your story, even when it doesn't feel totally safe and why you would even want to do that. So thank you for reserving this hour to spend with me. Again, this is Story You Talk Radio. We are live every single Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time. That is 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then we offer you the Encore Show on Friday mornings. And that's 6 a.m. Friday Pacific Time Zone and 9 a.m. Eastern Time Zone. And we'll be doing that all through uh, the summer as well. Then we have the podcast recording that usually is out within 24 hours or so after the show. And you can get that on any of your favorite um, apps. So you might uh, you might be one that uses Apple Podcasts, boy, do I love that. You might also try Podcast One. It's all one word, Podcast One. Possibly Tune In, uh, Spotify. I found out recently this show is on Audible. Boy, was I tickled about that since I have an Audible subscription. I hope you do too. It's really cool to download those books that you thought you'd never get to read right away when you when you buy a book over there. Um, I, by the way, Audible's not paying me to tell you this. I just think it's so darn cool. I want to tell you that if you buy a book and uh, you download it, you know, say you spend $6.99, anywhere between $6.99 and maybe $16.99 for a book, right away it tells you 
exactly how many minutes it will take to get through that book. So for example, I just bought one today and it told me it would take eight hours and 32 minutes. Now I have been putting off reading this book for at least eight months and 32 days. And it's only going to take eight hours and 32 minutes for someone to read it to me while I lounge. Wow, that sounds good. Yeah, I think I should get a a sponsorship from Audible. Thanks. That's a great idea. Just came to me. Let's talk about what helps you feel safe to be yourself when you are putting out your own book. I'll tell you what some of my students say. Here's just five things. Students have written in and said, well, I'm, I'm terrified by this idea of safety because usually when I'm being myself, I'm being foolish. Someone else said, I don't like the idea of being myself in my writing because my first thought is that's when I become ridiculous. Another writer said, but I'm a beginner. Why would I ever be myself? Not until I'm more experienced, right? Another writer said, oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to be myself. That's what idiots do. And another writer said, be myself? You mean be my loser self? This is what people say about themselves being themselves. If this is what you say to yourself about being yourself, then it makes sense that you might not want to be yourself. Don't think I haven't gone through this. Don't think I haven't sat down to work on a blog post or a a newsletter or even a show to offer you and have thought, I'm going to get some big laughs out of this one. There's this safety mechanism we have. In fact, I'm taking a course on it again right now. I love learning about the subconscious. You might not know this, but your subconscious is this safety mechanism. It's planted right there in your brain. It's about 80% of your brain, in fact. might even be more. Your whole job uh, from your subconscious mind is to make sure you survive, basically that you stay safe. So if survival is 80% of what's on your brain and the idea of being yourself doesn't sound so safe, well, then there might be very little time that you are really yourself. Now that might be a baffling thought right there. So let's go a little further. If your subconscious really, really, really is completely concerned about keeping you alive and keeping you safe, making sure you survive anything that comes your way, then the only thing you can do to override this is, do you know? Can you guess? It's develop your conscious mind. But your conscious mind isn't even a full 20% of your brain power. Mm -mm. In fact, animals don't have the conscious capacity that we do. 
when uh, right now I'm I'm dog sitting. I'm taking care of a big gigantic horse of a dog and his little tiny itsy bitsy baby sister. And it's funny. They they both have their complete different personalities and their ways of being. But it's also really, really clear that when everything is said and done, they look to me to make sure that they are safe all the time. Now, I, I think of dogs as just wanting to be happy, but I think that's what they do naturally. They look to me to keep them safe. I've been really noticing this while I watch their behaviors and I notice how they're similar and notice how they're different. And it only occurred to me this morning as I was leaving the house to come here that they're looking at me to keep them safe because that's what they're programmed to do. They are all subconscious. The only thing that they do is survive. So if anything is going to go beyond survival, it, it gets bumped up to master level, and I am the, I'm the pseudo-master while they're real masters out of town. But I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of top dog, right? Right now, I'm, I'm the one in charge. So I have the big subconscious ruling idea. I mean, the same is true with children. Children, they, they have their ideas, of course. They know what they would like because their senses are always telling them what they want. But when it comes to a higher mind, they are always looking to someone else. A, a child doesn't really start to develop their conscious mind at all until they're in like their seventh year or so of life. And don't, don't confuse conscious mind with being, you know, awake and alert. That's not what we're talking about at all. We're really talking about those, those programs in the subconscious. Where do little kids get the program to keep them safe? They weren't born knowing to look both ways before they crossed the street. They, they look to a bigger mind, the adults. So if you think about this, boy, we're going deep so fast. If you think about the idea that your mind still, as an adult, most people listening to the show are 25 years or older, so you, you now have a fully adapted mind. If more than 80% of your mind is your subconscious, then more than 80% of your, I should be saying brain, not mind, of your brain is making sure you survive and stay safe. So anytime you ask the question, when is it safe to be me? When is it safe to be me and my book, my blog, my newsletter, my branding? When is it safe to be me, my self-image? You're really looking for your subconscious program to take over. But what I want to suggest today is that we bump it up to your conscious mind. 
your conscious mind is the one that has to be reprogrammed to reach higher and to do what your desires as an adult are asking for. So for example, as an adult, you might have the desire to write your memoir. And you might be thinking, today's the day I'm going to reach out to Coach Debbie, and I am going to tell her, boy, I've had this memoir. It's been on my mind. I've been thinking about it for a decade. I really want to do this. That's coming out of your conscious mind. Guess what's going to happen right away? Your subconscious mind is going to say, is that safe? Is that safe to call Coach Debbie? You sure you want to do that? That sounds like you're kind of putting yourself out there. I don't know about that. You might not, this is what your subconscious mind is saying, you might not survive it. And you're going to go, ooh, I almost called her. I almost said that I had a memoir inside of me. I almost admitted that I think I have a book I want to write. But your subconscious mind, it's going to get in there and go, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a safe thing to do. You don't want to do that. If you have already started to develop your conscious mind, that part of you that knows You have the permission to do the things you really want to do because you have practiced and trained your mind to stick with programs. That part of your mind might kick in and go, well, hey, now, isn't this kind of like when I decided to be the next Iron Man? Isn't it like that when I decided I was going to get on my bike and on the treadmill, and in the pool, and train, and really become the Iron Man? Wouldn't writing a book be like that? Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, writing a book is like that only in one way, and that is the training, the training with your mind is like that. It is not as hard as being an Iron Man, I promise you. Oh, my goodness. can't even imagine doing that. Yet at the same time, honestly, your brain is going to go through similar things because to be an Iron Man, you need to be swimming almost every day. You need your body to be doing those strokes It needs to get into your body memory. To be a writer of your memoir, you need to be writing about every day. You don't have to do it 100 minutes a day or 10 hours a day, but I do want you to do it for 30 minutes a day, and I want you to do it almost every day, if not every day if not 45 minutes a day. Ooh. I like, I, I'm up to 115 minutes a day where it feels really good. feels really good to write that long every day. You'll find what's good for you, but when you commit to doing it on the daily, what you're doing is you're stepping out of that part of your subconscious mind that goes, is this safe? If it's not safe, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it if it's not safe. 
I don't want to do it if it bumps up against my survival. You're stepping beyond that. You're stepping into your conscious mind that goes, oh, I don't know yet if it's safe, but I am willing to commit to a new habit. And in order for that new habit to stick, you're going to need to commit for at least 30 days. I'm going to suggest 90. A lot of statistics show us that when you do something for 90 days, you create a real, live, physical groove in your brain. And that's where all the neuro neo great stuff happens. I'm not a biologist. I don't know all those words. But trust me, it all happens in there. Give it 30 to 90 days. Try for 90. It'll happen. The question is, how do I know when I'm safe at being myself? We've just explored some little avenues, and we're going to explore some more. Right now, I need to take a quick break. Write in or call in if you have questions. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned. Where would you love to live? Have you explored today's market? When I spoke with Heather Ramos, she instantly put me at ease. I'm Coach Debbie from Story U, and I recommend Heather to first-time buyers or dream home shoppers and everyone in between. Let Heather's experience lead you to a perfect location and style and all within your budget. Contact Heather Ramos at Keller Williams. That's Heather Ramos at KW.com. I want to take a minute and invite you on over to the Love Shack. It's a little old place where we get to get together, explore fresh perspectives, eavesdrop on juicy conversations, and uncover the mysteries that nobody talks about, but absolutely influences our relationships. And we're Tom and Stacey Bartley. We are the hosts of Love Shack Live, which airs every Thursday at 1 p.m. PST, 1150 KKNWAM. Yeah, come on over and join us. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in today as we talk about this whole idea of our safety. We we often want to feel safe before we are really ourselves in our writing. I just want to give a little shout out to some of my students who are playing with this idea right now, and they're being very, very courageous. So I just want to say hello to Diana and to Josh, to Marsha and to Don, to Judy, 
to Kara, to Heather. I also want to say hi to Martin and to Stephanie and to Candace and to Joy. And I hope I didn't leave anyone out. There are these steps that we have to take. They're not automatic that help us understand that we can be ourself in our writing. We can be ourself when we work on our book or our podcast. We don't have to become something we're not in order to be accepted. Now, if you're anything like me, I learned on the playground with all those mean kids that being me was not all that acceptable. And to survive, what my subconscious did was run away and hide. And instead of going to recess, I would go to the library. I would study. In some ways, you could say it paid off. I mean, I I acquired a great love for studying. But in other ways, it got hard. And I think there are a lot of people that are programmed really young that being around your peers is not the most safe thing in the world. But if we don't stop and take a look at that, you probably know what happens. And that is that if we don't feel safe around our peers, or even even worse, around our family, we will develop a habit of being very isolated, of being very turned inward. And the idea that being ourself is safe becomes completely foreign to us. So what do we do? We adopt some sort of identity that isn't really us, but it looks like that person gets a lot of recognition or acceptance in the world, and we do our darndest to adapt to that. Well, this is what I can tell you about that journey. At some point, it's too hard to pull off what you're not. And there's usually a desire, a deep desire inside. I can tell you I have found this with every student that has been willing to enter the conversation with me. Do you desire, think about this, do you desire to continue to build this facade that you have created that seems acceptable in the world? Or do you desire to find a way to really be yourself and know that that one, that one that you really are, is loved, is accepted, is wanted. And most everyone says, oh no, I, I want to be me. I want to feel safe in the world. Here's where it gets real tricky. In order to feel safe in the world, you have to go into the world not yet feeling safe. Yep, that's how it works. You start by taking a certain amount of risk. You don't really feel all that safe, but you now know, 
I really would like to be just me. I really don't want to have to be this thing that I started to create, and it's too hard to be her or him or they. I don't, I don't want to have to keep that up. I really want to just be me. Well, in the reset of being you, of stepping into the world and finding your safety, first, you're going to step into a little bit of risk. So don't do this alone. Take a friend with you. For you, a little bit of risk might be that you've written something and you have been invited to read it or to share it somewhere. Let me just tell you about someone that I knew very, very, very well. Uh, If he were still with us today, today would be his birthday. He uh, is my late husband, John, and he was so prolific. Oh, Oh, and so talented as a writer, really a wonderful poet. One day in our very early days of dating, he invited me to come and hear him read at the local Barnes & Noble here in Seattle, Washington. And I was, I was delighted to be anywhere near him, let alone get the chance to hear him read. We were, you know, we were young at the time, and... What I didn't know until we got there was that the minute we got there, he started to become someone else, someone that I didn't really recognize, and I didn't understand what was going on. And so I just asked him a simple question, and he said, Debbie, it's it's terrifying for me to be here. Um... I I just, I'm really an introvert, but I'm trying to develop that skill of saying yes and coming out and reading my work. And I thought, wow, wow, what? I mean, on the one hand, he wasn't really being himself publicly. On the other hand, he was saying yes to coming out and reading his work. And I remember asking him, you know, what would, what would help you feel more comfortable? And he said, well, isn't that obvious? I asked you to come. What helps me be more comfortable is to have friends around me. And I just thought, oh, my goodness. I am, I am so glad we talked about that. You know, I had no idea. I mean, me being in my 20s, and at that point, I don't, I don't think I had ever stood in front of an audience and read my work. It hadn't occurred to me the challenge he was going through in that moment of figuring out how to share what he had put his heart and soul into, his writing, and how to feel safe being himself at the same time. So I just did my very best at sitting in the audience and shining a big smile his way, hoping someday to be his girlfriend or something else, and, and just hoping, too, 
that it comforted him to know that my smile was basically me saying, I like you just as you are. Whoever you are in the real is who I like best. And I think that's what any of us want when we're writing our stuff and we're about to go public with our stuff. We're thinking, are we going to be accepted? Is it safe to be me? And what you might find for the first time or two or three or ten is it sure as heck doesn't, it doesn't feel safe. You might want to take a friend with you like, like John did when he invited me to go. You might want to figure out what can help you feel a little more safe. There's a famous author who I, I won't call out by name because he might see this as a character defect. I honestly saw it as a strength. But the few times I got to go and, and see him speak, he would read from his novels. It, he did the same thing every single time. He would put his right hand in his pockets and he would jingle his change while he read an excerpt from his novel. I don't even think he was aware of it. The The audience, of course, we're, we're really working hard to listen to him speak above the sound of the change he's you know, jingling around in his pocket. But clearly, that, that was something that was helping him feel a little more safe while he was anxious reading his words, reading you know, what he had put his heart and his soul into. Being vulnerable in front of others takes a lot of courage. But remember what I was telling you. What you're doing on the brain level, what you're doing is you're saying to your brain, I know my subconscious is working really, really hard to keep me safe. And thank you, dear subconscious, for doing that. But I want to be an author, and one thing's authors do is they step forward in their vulnerable story, and they share it with their audience. They do it to be known. When an author is trying to be someone they're not, well, they don't get to be an author for a really long time. They might be someone that falls into the background after book one. I've, I've interviewed many of these people. Some of them had so much help writing their books, they did what we call hiring a ghostwriter. They told the premise of their book to someone. They paid that someone a good amount of money for their skill, and that someone, the ghostwriter, created the book, and then they went on tour with it and had to do their darndest to stick close to the, the copy that was written. It's really hard to keep up your image as an authentic writer if you're not really doing the writing. It's not that easy. We've even seen this happen in politics. We've seen this happen in religion. We've seen it happen in many places 
where it mattered, where we counted on people to be their true and authentic selves so that we could count on their leadership, perhaps. But I really want to suggest to you that the best way to do it is to step into that risky zone and do it with a friend, do it with a mentor, do it with a coach, do it with a family member that you trust, do it with someone who loves you and who can reflect that back to you from the audience and let you know, yeah, we like what you're doing. What starts to happen is you develop a groove, literally a groove in your brain. It takes time to do this. The experts tell us it can take uh, a minimum of 30 days, but more like 90 days to do it. I want to share with you just a couple of things that my students wrote in about One thing came from Vanessa, and she said, I have been so scared regarding my book because it could turn into the biggest pity party on paper that I have ever done. I want to just be me and share how I became strong at speaking English when it's not my first language and help my readers know they can do the same. The journey, actually, has been very hard learning English, but it will just sound like a big pity party if I don't know how to be myself in my book. Now, that's just Vanessa sharing her fears. But what she and I worked on when she was working on her book, and she was a a teacher of, of TOEFL, of teaching English, as a second language to students. What we were working on was blending her memoir along with her journey of learning English. According to Vanessa, it took her 10 years to feel confident as an English speaker living in the USA. But one thing I remember a lot about Vanessa is she would come back to this idea that if she really, really talked in her most authentic voice to her readers, that it would just come across as some big pity party of how hard it is to learn English and that it wasn't really her true story. And so what Vanessa and I had to work on was not so much how hard it is, but What was it she was willing to commit to? What decisions was she willing to make on a daily basis? When she got scared, what did she do anyway? When people looked at her and and gave her that feeling that she wasn't accomplished enough, how did she deal with that? How do you do all of this without caving in to your darkest fears? to addiction, to giving up completely, to being isolated. The best way I know how to do any of this, how to be safe by being yourself, is to challenge yourself 
to do a little bit of it every day. Like I said, it works in your brain, in your conscious mind. Your brain is getting reworked so that it falls in eventually to your subconscious mind as a program that safety and vulnerability line up together. Right now, the whole reason it doesn't feel safe is because your subconscious mind is saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 don't do that, don't say that, don't go there. But if you go there, if you say that, if you do it for 90 days straight, you're going to feel okay. You might not always feel miraculous and wonderful and so safe, but you're going to feel okay even when you get that nervousness. And you will probably come to a point where you feel safe. Do you know I've come to the studio 149 times and done this show here, Eric and I, and I, I do feel safe with you. I'll tell you that. I feel safe with you. I've put in 149 live hours with you, and I feel like there's a lot I can say to you. And that comes from practice. I wasn't born with it, but you too have the same ability to tap into that. All right, so I want you to think of your questions for me. You can call in at 1-888-298-5569. We are doing live coaching today. If I can still talk after the break, let's take a break. We're going to come right back. Where would you love to live? Have you explored today's market? When I spoke with Heather Ramos, she instantly put me at ease. I'm Coach Debbie from Story U, and I recommend Heather to first-time buyers or dream home shoppers and everyone in between. Let Heather's experience lead you to a perfect location and style and all within your budget. Contact Heather Ramos at Keller Williams. That's Heather Ramos at KW.com. Every person with a disability deserves equity in education, employment, and their community. Sherwood Community Services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957, including in rural areas and non-native English-speaking communities. Sherwood provides service in Snohomish, Skagit, and Island Counties. Sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities. To find out more, visit SherwoodCS.com. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is always nice to spend this hour with you. I want to tell you that while we are talking about this notion that being ourself publicly about the stuff we've written doesn't always feel so safe, I want to tell you that no matter how unsafe it feels, you are awesome. 
you have an amazing idea inside of you. And if you're listening to this show, you're probably trying to get a little inspiration about how to be more public. What I want to share with you is that you're probably looking for a little permission. And I want to give you the permission to soar. My friend Dawn and I came up with this acronym, SOAR. And we're saying that it stands for Surrender to the Opportunity to Achieve Results. Ooh, yeah. Permission to SOAR is this three-tier program that I'm just starting. If you are one of the lucky ducks in my boot camp right now, I am going to credit every single nickel that you invested in that boot camp into one of the three tiers if you would like to go into permission to soar. This is where for 90 days, mm -hmm, weren't we just talking about 90 days? For 90 days, you want to spend that kind of time with me, I'm going to help you get really comfortable with your authentic voice. Now, let's do some clarifying here. Your authentic voice isn't the one that goes home and says, Aha, now I have permission to tell every family secret that I've always kept quiet about. That's my authenticity. Actually, it's not. That's not what I'm talking about. Or you might go, Aha, my authentic voice. Now I have the permission to go and gossip about the neighbor and all those things they did and put it in my book. No, 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 no. That's, that's not your authentic voice either. Your authentic voice is not a tattletale or a blamer, but it is that person that has lived through something significant or has grown because of something significant, has taught something significant, has gone on some kind of journey and really wants to share it publicly. Let me tell you about some people who are doing it. Diana, who has been a chef of Mediterranean cooking for some time, she is rewriting, basically doing the second edition of her cookbook and adding lots of personal story to it because while she was a cook, she was also a tour guide. That is one way that she is developing her authentic voice and bringing it into a piece of writing. Let's talk about Josh. He has developed this whole sci-fi, cool, make-believe world. His authentic voice is the storyteller of that world he can imagine really doesn't have much to do about his life at all, has to do with his way of seeing the unfolding of that whole sci-fi life and all the characters he has created. It's authentic because it is his creation. Finally, let's talk about Natalie, who is writing her book, and that is about motherhood. But it is also about motherhood in today's day and age where you might be expected to stay at home with all the kids, homeschool all the kids, 
make a living with all the kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And how she has done this without throwing her husband under the bridge, getting mad at her mother for not moving in and helping, all of that stuff. Now, she does mention early on in the book that she did begin with what my other client, Vanessa, was saying, the pity party. It did begin with, oh, my goodness, I am not equipped to homeschool. But as you go through this journey with her and you listen to her authentic voice telling you about her experience, what you learn is she wasn't throwing herself a pity party at all. She was sharing with you authentically how overwhelmed she was and what she decided to do about it and how it has paid off. When you are given the permission to soar, when you are given that permission to write, when you are given the permission to be a storyteller, when you're given the permission, are you ready to publish your work if you so choose? What you're doing is that you're finding that there were opportunities right in front of you to do this. And as soon as you had permission, as soon as you said yes, and you started writing on the daily, that's for you, Don. on the daily, you found that this desire you had inside of you wanted out. And that's you using your authentic voice to get it out, to share it with others. You don't have to worry right now about finding a publisher if you're on day one of a new program or day 20 or day 40 or even day 89. You don't have to be thinking about that. When you're in the process of writing something and you're committed to doing it on the daily, what you're doing is you're working with your desire to share that story. That's all you got to be working on. What do I want to share today? You're not even thinking about the chapter you were working on yesterday or the one you're going to be working on tomorrow. You're given the permission to just work with what's on your mind today. Now, what a lot of people tell me is, but I don't know if I'm organized enough. That's an excuse. I don't know if I'm qualified enough. That could be an excuse. I don't know if I have what it takes to go the distance. Well, that's a fear. And we work with all this stuff. I want to help you understand, just as, as you might be thinking, you know, I would like the permission to soar. I might be able to do a program like that. You might right away notice, notice your subconscious mind going, oh, but I got to stay safe. So uh, I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you, I've never done anything like it before. Yeah, yeah, that's, you're doing a good job staying safe if that's what you're thinking. You might go, I, I want permission to soar. But I've never written anything long. Subconscious mind again. Oh, I want permission to soar, but aren't there books out there about the topic I might be writing about? 
subconscious mind again. You're not a bad person for starting the class and bringing your subconscious mind to the center of the classroom. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you if that's you. It's most everyone. But what we're going to do is we're going to start to develop your relationship with you and your subconscious mind, i.e. those mm, excuses, fears, habits. Because if that subconscious mind runs the show, you could live to be 200 and never get your book written. That's how it works. The subconscious mind is here to keep you safe. And it's not safe to write a book. I'm just going to tell you that up front. It's not safe. But after 90 days, you can do something that's not really, truly safe. What makes writing a book not safe? Well, for every so many people that love your book, there is going to be a person that stands up in the crowd and tells you why they don't like it. Hopefully, you'll never read their review. You'll miss it totally, but you might catch it. If you're obsessive about going to your Amazon account and seeing what people are saying, you are going to read it. And if you allow that one review to put you out of business, it will. Why? Because that's what your subconscious mind is here to do. If, on the other hand, you develop the conscious mind, what you're going to find is a new response. And that new response goes, oh, my goodness, look, Eric didn't like my book. He gave me a crummy review. Wow, he should go back and read it again. I really put my heart and soul into that. I think it's a great book. Now, you know, my Eric would never do that. Hopefully, your Eric would never do that either. But there are those Erics in the world. They don't write the best reviews. If you have not conditioned your mind to deal with that, your subconscious mind will take over and say, this is the last day I ever write another word. But if you are 30 days, 60 days, 90 days in to working with your conscious mind, the one that took a little risk, the one that might have botched things up a little bit and had to take another little risk, the one that let go of some perfectionism. You know, that part of you that you know so well. If you work with developing your consciousness around what you really desire, really want to do, when that one critic comes against you and says, I wonder what you were thinking when you wrote that book. You will say, hmm, this isn't someone I'm going to see at my book reviews because that's the truth, and that's the only truth that matters. This person is not invested in your book. Don't make it mean anything more than that. There are plenty of people that don't listen to my show. Plenty. In fact, I once had... The wonderful and joyful, I'm being, I'm being facetious here, the wonderful and joyful experience of telling someone what it is I do here and standing there while she said, huh, 
Aren't there a thousand shows out there like that? That's what she said to me. I'm really, really glad I had my strong, conscious muscles going on when she said that because my response was, the only show like mine is mine. I said it. I said it. I was so proud of myself. The only show like mine is mine. And I smiled at her, and I knew she probably was never going to listen. But I didn't need that one critic to be converted and become a listener. I just needed to walk away. My conscious, developed mind knew I didn't need to waste my time on her. If you join networking events like I do, you'll get plenty of opportunities to practice this and to see where you are with your conscious mind. The more you take a little risk at a time, and let me tell you, it is a bit of a risk to commit to a journaling practice on the daily. But in the beginning, I'm just going to ask you to start with 10 minutes of risk-taking a day. And we're going to build our way up. But what you're really building is this new groove in your mind, in your brain, that says, I'm getting used to this. I'm kind of liking how this feels. It doesn't feel as unsafe as it did in the beginning. You're going to review that that question that used to come to you, when will it be safe for me to write? When will it be safe for me to share? That won't be a constant nagging question. Instead, you're going to be more in the habit of, I write every day. Might be only 10 or 15 or 30 minutes, but I'm doing it every day. I go and I share my work at Barnes and Noble. Might not be every day, but when they call me and when they ask, I go and I take a friend who's willing to smile and remind me that I belong here. If this is the kind of thing that sounds like it's going to give you permission to soar, I want to invite you to go to my website, coachdebbie.com. Just click on connect And let me know that these ideas interest you and you'd like to know a little more. I'll send you some information. And if you'd like, we can have a conversation to see if this is a good fit for you. Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. I come to you live every Thursday with topics about your story. Until next week, my friends. Namaste. Namaste.